Very good day. Welcome, everybody, wherever you might be. It's a warm welcome from Spain, the 25th of September. So our weather here, well, we have not been quite as hot as it has been, so that's a good thing. We have, of course, um, suffered a bit during the August uh, and the beginning of September months. But things are cooling down. In fact, it's been very rainy and, uh, I won't say miserable, but, you know, certainly grey and more like Cornwall than uh, uh, Spain. My special guest tonight, Barbara Ann. Good evening to you, Barbara Ann. Good evening, Vince. Good evening, everybody. Lovely. Let's see what we have for you this week. So we start tonight by looking at the words of the Spanish President Pedro Sanchez. And he stood in front of the UN General Assembly in New York and warned his actual words, apparently, democracy is threatened. The President of the Spanish Government, Pedro Sanchez, stood up before the plenary session of the United Nations General Assembly in New York. This was on Thursday, September the 23rd, and warned that he believed democracy is threatened, calling for its defence as the only alternative against totalitarian, exclusive and intolerant drift. Now, this was a rousing speech, as it's been described in the article I'm looking at, at the United Nations headquarters. And he said, without a doubt, democracy is threatened. Let us be aware of it. It is not a gift that has been granted to us, but a long and hard historical conquest that we must take care of and protect. He pointed to the recent Afghanistan crisis that occurred after the departure of US troops and the arrival of the Taliban into power as a clear example of how democracy is at risk, adding that the struggle for democracy not only refers us to Afghanistan, but affects the five continents and is all, uh, also being waged in the most developed countries of the world. And he went on to say, uh, it is a daily fight against those who want to impose inequality, benefiting a few, those who seek to exclude or blame the most vulnerable minorities, those who call for hatred for reasons of origin, sex or belief, those who appeal to walls and borders to prevent the advance of the ideas of equality and freedom of fraternity, he stated. Uh, the President also assured that there is no racial, cultural, historical or anthropological reason that justifies the mutilation of freedom, adding that is why the only way is democracy. It does not need explanation or alibis. While recalling the words of Fernando de los Rios, the Spanish socialist 
politician from the first half of the last century. When they asked him, freedom for what? He replied simply, freedom to be free. Okay, that's a, a long lot of information to take in. And it does strike me as though, um, you know, everybody seems to be getting themselves mixed up as to what democracy actually means now. Because, quite frankly, um, it seems to me that anything that comes from the left, and Pedro Sanchez is from the left, which is, of course, the Labour parties, and the uh, further left you go, you go to the Communist Party. Um, and, obviously, if you go to the right, you have uh, the likes of the very extreme uh, dictatorships and things like that. I think, really, my, my own base is right in the middle. I, I don't want power over people uh, but I do want freedom uh, but I don't think you can have too much freedom because once you get too much freedom you get the nonsense that's going on everywhere in the world at the moment if you look at what's happening in the UK um, people are blocking the motorways and we've had it here in Spain you've seen it in France you've seen it in other countries um, that is impinging on other people's freedom to drive their cars and go about their business and that sort of thing. So uh, it depends really where you want to base freedom. Now, for me, um, my particular freedoms have been based on my own education. And what I'm finding at the moment is that we're being made to think. We're being promoted on the TV. You can see programs coming on the TV all the time which are promoting different ways of life. Now, whether or not this is totally and utterly fair, um, only time is going to be able to tell us and we probably won't be here to see the ramifications of what's going on right at this moment. But, um, you see, democracy, it, you know, you can have all sorts of connotations. It's your idea of democracy that really is um, at stake here because you see I'm beginning to think that democracy is pretty flawed I mean for example um, I know that you're not very very political um, but what do you understand by democracy what, 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 what I mean if somebody said to you look uh, Barbara Ann I need you to, to explain something to me I don't really understand dem democracy what would you say how would you describe um, it well, as you say, I'm not really up on politics because uh, it changes all the time. But I would have thought democracy is freedom of speech. Basically, that's the you know the core of it, and uh, people are entitled to give an opinion uh, without being uh, sort of um, uh, well pro prosecuted or or thought terribly. You know, have a different opinion maybe from the uh, government. That's what I would have thought. Not a dictatorship. That's definitely not the way forward. OK. If we go to the actual um, dictionary, which, of course, is only a starting point, we, we see it's a system of government by the whole population or all the eligible members of a state, typically through elected representatives. So if you look at what happens in Britain, if you look at what happens here in Spain, people go and vote, and basically the people that are voted in with the most votes are then allowed to go to sit in in Parliament in mm -hmm. the United Kingdom uh, and obviously here and other democratic countries. Now, the big thing, of course, is that we've had nothing but 
tales of people rigging the elections. Mm. I mean, in the mo- at the moment, uh, we're still hearing fallout from what happened uh, with the Donald Trump situation and the Joe Biden coming in into um, the American politics. We read in the papers that uh, President Putin has done a pretty good job, job of making sure that he gets elected I- in Russia and so on and so forth. And of course, it depends on which paper we read and what we believe. But when you think about it, um, this idea of one person, one vote has become a little bit stale. I think quite honestly, for me, things have changed. And I think that, for example, if somebody doesn't bother to go to school, if somebody can't be bothered to go and avail themselves of a free education, I don't think that they maybe should be in a position to vote unless they can prove that by perhaps leaving education and going to work and paying taxes, they are part of the society they live in. Now, the thing is, some people would say that's quite an extreme point of view, but you know as well as I do, there are some people who are very extremely clever people Um, And then, of course, you go to wicked people and you go to greedy people and you can see all over the show inequalities. So where we have one person and one vote, does it really count for that? Uh, I I don't really see that anymore. Well, I don't think in general um, people... uh, believe believe the um, polls anymore this because there's so much um, as you know corruption in politics all over the world so I think people are very disbelieving you know of what's going on well it seems to me absolutely uh, not correct that if you've got people who are voting and somebody um, doesn't like the fact that, say, if you look at the Brexit vote, it was sort of 52% to 48%. So whatever way you vote, if you vote and you get 48, and the separatists uh, would be one in Catalonia or the Scottish Parliament, you know, to break away from the United Kingdom, etc. I mean, whilst you're only 4% difference between 48 and 52 then obviously whichever side of that 48 and 52 you're on is how democratic you'll believe voting to be, isn't exactly. it? Exactly, or how you accept it, yeah. And yet the thing that I really find very difficult because um, I just come from an ordinary background, um, I've had a very, very good education, I know that I'm probably in the top couple of percent who, who had my type of education, um, but then of course th- that's only looking at education from one point of view. There are many ways you educate yourself mm-hmm. and you know it's like the other day I was reading something on Facebook and it made so much sense. And yet the person that had written it had really written with a lot of mistakes, a lot of grammatical mistakes and spellings and things like that, that certain people would look at that and wouldn't even want to read it. Mm. And then other people putting things through on Facebook, you know, a lot of it is so trite, pictures of people's dinners and comments about, you know, silly things that really uh, you do wonder about one man one vote uh, who is important who is not important uh, and it does get very very difficult to understand that mm. what when pedro pedro sanchez is talking about things that the left uh, in particular seem hell bent on putting through 
like uh, we're being made to accept an awful lot of LGBTQT and all this sort of stuff, um, which we weren't really, we've never been totally educated in this. Mm. And I think also it goes, it does run contrary to a lot of older people's religious beliefs. And so therefore you've got a conflict straight away, but we're being steamrolled into accepting all these different things like schoolgirls aged nine able to go and get an abortion uh, without maybe the parents knowing about it. They shouldn't be in that situation to start with mm. because, you know, we're forgetting the the remit of people like myself when we were teaching. We, we had to look after children. We're told that the children have to be protected and yet if you've got that sort of thing that um, some people think is acceptable um, I'm not too sure whether I think it's acceptable well, for mm. you now you're going to have a woman's point of view which is healthy mm. tell me what you disagree with if there's anything that you find difficult uh, I don't uh, disagree with what you're saying because the world is a completely completely different place as uh, when you and I were in our teens or even at primary school um, I mean, as you say, we're now um, flooded with all these different uh, sexes, uh, different um, uh, colours of people. Whereas when we were young, it, it, we, if we if we were friends with a, a different coloured person, uh, as in black person, we just accepted them. But now it's you're tried, you're made to feel that you've got to be separated. I mean, um, if you go to London, I mean, you, you couldn't have much more of a multicultural place. We've seen things on the television um, that people that li have lived there for um, two, you know, two generations say we all get on. Why, why is people, certain people, trying to separate us and hate one another when we've all got on for years on end? I have this always is something that I feel I need to say which is basically I grew up and we were always told about the Communist Party being so uh, so much of a threat um, so I went and read the Communist Party manifesto when I went back to do my degree when I was 30, 30 odd so basically um, they're saying that if you want to defeat capitalism which is the system that we live under um, then therefore you defeat the family now I think all of last year and what's going on at the moment there's a lot of defeat in the family whether people can see it or not that's up to them I, I'm not trying to preach to anybody all I'm trying to say is look at what's happening different parts of society are being told you've got to have the jab you've got to have the mask in this situation you've got to do this in that situation um, I mean we've even we're even getting um, pictures now of uh, people who uh, are going to restaurants we we know of one case in France in particular that was uh, related to us and it was basically um, you, you know you are um, uh, you sit over here if you've had the jab and you sit over there if you haven't had the jab mm. now any other time that would be called apartheid exactly. and we've had enough exactly. of that that took years to get rid of mm. and when we look at the the different things that are going on with the black lives matter everybody's life matters mm. um, well you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be forced I mean going back to the COVID 
nobody should be forced to take um, an injection. You were never forced to take any injection. You were advised to take an injection for measles and uh, you know TB and things like that. But uh, with going back to the flu jab, you were never forced to take them. You were advised to take it uh, in case you did get a very bad reaction in the winter, especially old people. But this one, you're made to feel as if you're a really, really terrible person because if you're healthy, you eat well, you, you do everything right, why should you? Why should you take um, an injection that's... Uh, Coming to you from Costa Blanca in sunny Spain. You're calling, finding the news you might have missed. Okay, now, uh, for the most part, when a person thinks about getting vaccinated, they imagine a syringe to the arm carried out by trained medics, maybe a day or two of feeling ill, and scientists are hoping now that in the future they will be able to change this and deliver vaccines by edible plants. Scientists at the University of California, Riverside, uh, which is somewhere where we have actually, I think we've been to that particular place, are working towards putting messenger RNA, mRNA vaccines into plants that can then be eaten. If successful, they hope that this new technology would allow them to grow vegetables capable of delivering coronavirus vaccines using the same technology used by Pfizer, BioNTech, uh, Moderna, etc. Um, the, the point for me is that obviously if they're talking now of um, taking plants that you can eat and then you know you've got the same as a, a jab uh, that does not really surprise me too much that maybe this already exists is that something that's crossed your mind at all well definitely i mean um you know it, it's it's quite possible yeah very possible do you think people are against having the jab for the the you know the pain of the or you know the fear of the needle or is it for the fact that we're being given lots of statistics which would suggest to everybody that the actual fatality from COVID-19 is not like really the general media is giving out it's it, it there's lots of evidence coming back mm. that the fatality is when you're really elderly and when you've got other underlying problems exactly. i think that's the problem isn't yeah. it really well the one thing that we can't understand is why you don't have the other point of view um of why you don't take the uh, jab as they're calling it the injection so um and i you know so but with the evidence that it is against it i'd rather just wait and see it's not proved and tested yet so i'd rather wait are you feeling that there's uh, any apartheid coming into do you feel that people are sort of questioning your judgment exactly yeah i do that definitely i mean in the past surely as a parent you've you've thought about well a you know for your own uh, sake especially if you're working then obviously uh, we've had a flu jab where we we've done that sort of thing in the past um but when you know that somebody is trying to make you take something no. that then becomes a little bit more sinister doesn't it mm. okay well i'm going to look now at uh, another thing that really is uh, 
not not really we don't put too much of the covid stuff onto our, our podcast because this is everywhere and it's all and utterly um been on the tv every single minute of every single day the regional government here in valencia and the coalition partners um compromis and you united us podemos um are talking about leaving aside bright ideas and the desire to penalise tourism. This is in Benidorm in particular, talking about the consul, which is equivalent to a cabinet, and they're saying they should tackle real and realistic policies instead of building castles in the air. This is the Valencian Community Hoteliers Association, Hosbeck, also condemning the suggestion uh, supported by Monica Ultra, uh, regional vice president and a member of the Compromise, Compromise um, Party. What they're talking about is a surtax on tourism. Um, merely talking about a tourism tax could cause untold t- harm to the recovery of the tourism industry and uh, said the Hospec president this requires an immediate and uh, unequivocal rejection the tourism sector has lost 10 billion in the last year and um, they now want to deal a death blow disguised as a tax the regional government's tourism chief who belongs to the PSOE which is the um, like the Labour Party the third party in the general Attat coalition was equally unenthusiastic compromise and unidas or unidas podemos had chosen an inopportune moment to unveil their tourist tax proposal so podemos who have been pulling the government out further and further to the left are now talking about this tax um, and following the pandemic's impact on tourism what the sector needed now was help and encouragement from the administration to emerge from the crisis uh, this is what of course is coming back now to the suggestion that Benidorm has a tourism task ta- um, tax now do you remember where we first saw this mm. okay oh. tell us about it uh, well, we had to stop off in Barcelona before we went on long haul to uh, Australia. And uh, when we went into the hotel, we, we'd we paid uh, in advance and then they asked us for the um, tourism tax, uh, which was extra, which we were absolutely astounded by. And they said, you have to pay it. So we didn't know anything about it. We hadn't heard anything about it. So... It was a bit of a shock to us. It wasn't a lot of money, but the point is, it it was a tax on tourism, which I think is not the best thing to do at any any tourist place. Well, it wasn't a lot of money, but I think the idea is probably you put a small amount and everybody pays it, and it brings in a lot overall. Mm. But, I mean, as a tourist, you're already paying for so much now, especially this year, with people paying for jabs and paying for uh, tests and all different things as well. I mean, you know, I I am amazed that some people are still able to go on holiday, quite honestly. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got friends that the, the, the flight was cheap, but the cost of all the tests and everything else was sort of you know i think it was 250 pounds and the flight was only 50 pounds looking at tourism at this time of the year as you come it's virtually to september the first 
everybody goes back up the motorways it's exactly the same as it was in the uk when we lived there um everybody goes back up to the different parts of the country obviously back to the interior back to the north and if you look now at uh, the coast road which normally you could not really move freely around for the um, august and early september part of the year um now really there's next to nothing there at all so um without going to benedorm let me just get you to tell us of your visit during the week because you went from denia now denia is about uh, three quarters of an hour driving to benedorm and you come to calpe there's a tunnel and give us the impression as you were you went through the tunnel because this happens a lot doesn't it well we was i was with my daughter-in-law and we needed to get something from benedorm from a shop um, we left here with um, really bad clouds, bad, really bad stormy rain. Um, and as we went through the tunnel, which goes through into Calpe, it was brilliant sunshine. I mean, I'm talking, it was 28 degrees on the other side. We were absolutely amazed. We did our shopping. Um, we were there for about an hour and a half to two hours. Brilliant sunshine at 2.30. As we came back through the same uh, tunnel, it was like a different world, black, grey, uh, the, the mount you couldn't see the mountains hardly, and when we got back home, it had been torrential rain. We were absolutely shocked, absolutely. Coming to you from Costa Blanca in sunny Spain, Europe calling, finding the news you might have missed. Okay, so Guardia Civil are the uh, sort of the paramilitary type of um, unit of the police here in Spain. And um, two men have been arrested in Crevillent, which is going further down the coast uh, towards Torrevieja, uh, for fraudulently obtaining electricity with an illegal connection. Now, um, what happened was they started investigating excessive energy consumption in the rural area and of course what they did expect to find and we've had this quite often is the um the the marijuana farm so obviously that's what they expected to find what they discovered on locating the property was uh, as expected a farm but this was an installation set up for mining cryptocurrency so um what did they find well they found eight computers that were used for the mining consuming extremely large amounts of energy as did the air conditioning equipment that is needed to prevent them from overheating i mean obviously in the studio you can see it gets very hot so you've got to have the coolers on so the same principles involved lots of computers uh, to make this cryptocurrency the cryptocurrency farm and i must have this is something i i haven't heard of myself up till i read this uh, was using as much as a fully operative industrial plant uh, this is the guardia seville explaining and unlike the mining which is not illegal the illicit hookup was a criminal offense 
The investigations also pointed out that the cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin are habitually used as payment for cybercrime and money laundering. And the two arrested men, both Spanish, aged 30 and 53, were brought before the judge and released after being charged with defrauding electricity worth £24,600. Now, I don't know about you. Um, I, I mean, I'm informed about cryptocurrency. Um, I try to understand it. I don't understand all of it. I think some of it is very difficult to understand. Um, but I hadn't thought of it like that. And certainly that surprised me when I read that in the paper. Um, what about yourself? Have you heard anything at all like that anywhere? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, I've obviously heard about the pr cryptocurrency and the Bitcoin stuff. But um, if you're using the electricity illegally, you know, you can't really agree with that. I mean, it's like sort of when people used to do that in England quite often. So I think they should be charged for that. But there's nothing wrong with having the Bitcoin or, or uh, that currency, is there? Well, it's, the, it's the way they've done it, I think. It's the way they've used the electricity. They, they haven't paid for that. Um, well, look... I think you will see, I think we'll all see eventually that, uh, you know, there'll be restrictions on people finding themselves able to use Bitcoin sooner or later. Uh, certain countries have made it uh, their currencies, but uh, I think we'll wait and see what happens as we go to another story here in Spain. Okay, now in 2021, the Spanish Ministry of Defence called 51 selection processes with a global offer of 9,742 places, and these are for people to go in the uh, the services, the forces, if you like. Um, 1,920 were for career and complementary military personnel, 6,500 to the ranks of troops and sailors, and 1,072 for permanent status. They also plan plans uh, are there for 250 uh, volunteer reservists. So the processes um, are like the, the public examinations and you've got to sort of put yourself forward and go through the processes. More than 43,000 candidates um, have chosen to participate in the different selection processes called 7.5% more than the previous year and women account for 19% of all applications which is an increase of 2% compared with 2020. Now the point that I want to make is that when you look at the young Spanish people that we meet they do seem far more orderly than some of the Brits that we've met in the past. And um, I wondered whether or not this is due to the fact that they still can go in the forces. They can, you know, they have this conscription that, that they go through, which, of course, doesn't exist in the in uh, the, the United Kingdom. Mm. Um, I mean, there is still family life here. There is a, sort of a strength in the family unit. And I think there is a respect for going to serve your, your country, um, which I don't think really... Um, we, we obviously respect anybody that goes to serve the country, uh, but you see a lot of things in the media that seem to be uh, against that sort of thing now, don't mm -hmm. they? Mm -hmm. I, I don't think it's... Uh, I, uh, we've heard this um, with our age group and, and younger that 
conscription conscription wouldn't be a bad thing in England. Um, many, I don't know whether now it would, but years ago there were so many young people out of work. But um, when we were uh, in France once, it, it was two years, I think, they had to be It is two years, yeah. Well, two years really isn't a long time. And um, if you're not working anyway, it gives you sometimes... Um, um, uh, or training for a job or anything like that, you know. It, so it gives you a, uh, an apprenticeship. That's a, a, an apprenticeship. So it's not wasted. And also, I think it gives you a bit of um, respect for respect for people and also um, conduct, you know, to to behave yourself. Um, so I think for two years, uh, if my sons hadn't got an education um, and got uh, got into a job and they were doing nothing, um, I think we would advise them to have gone and uh, joined up for two years. You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Coble. It's your calling. Okay, just a What's quick word. What's in the news this week, especially from the UK and from Spain? Just a quick word that we will be getting uh, the panellists back over the next couple of months as it's now cooling down. And obviously, um, you know, we can get the technology to work a little better. Uh, my thanks to Barbara Ann for being with me this week as we look at noise and loud music accounting for practically half of the fines that Calpe's police uh, imposed over the summer, according to the recently published um, rundown. Officers processed 217 fines for excessively noisy music, shouting or loud voices. Investigating some of these complaints led to another 169 fines for flouting anti-COVID regulations, which included mask wearing, inadequate social distancing outside enclosed uh, sorry, inside enclosed premises or ignore, ignoring the curfew that was in place during some of this period. There were 40 fines for early bird beachgoers who reserved frontline spots at the water's edge before the permitted time and another 40 for taking and staking a claim with items that were removed after officers failed to find their owners. Uh, 15 people were fined for drinking in the street and another four for selling drinks without a licence while itinerant street vendors were fined on 12 occasions. Proceedings also were begun against those carrying out building work outside the permitted summer hours. Now that's quite interesting that because basically I know we all have these jokes about uh, the Germans going out and getting all the best spots on the sunbeds but I've never seen that people are getting fined for taking the spaces and that there's a, a permitted time were you aware of that? No, not at all. Not at all. It's very, uh, very a surprise, really. Mm, and uh, things like loud voices, so people get <laughs> fined for making. Well, I mean, the thing is, it's a, the, 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 the Spanish, Spanish people are, are loud, loud, aren't they? they? Are loud. They've always been loud. I mean, um, where we are now, uh, when in summer, we've got a roundabout. Uh, it's it's not um, a big roundabout. Well, it's, no, it is a fairly big roundabout, and like a lot of teenagers and young people, you. Um, you, you, they congregate there before the, the before they go home, and they're all talking. They're not hurting anyone. They're not really doing anything wrong, 
but they don't realise how much it echoes into all the urbanisations. I'm interested also that the itinerant street vendors were fined um, because basically uh, 12 occasions, they say. Well, if you go to practically any bar on the Costa Blanca, don't be surprised if you find a fella suddenly appears with a carpet, a stack of CDs, underpants, um, little carvings that they've got. I mean, they, they come round and they, they often actually are quite welcome because for some people we know who they are and they are actually, they become friends if we're honest. But when you do get some that come round and they're pushy, that can be a little bit annoying, can't mm, it? Yeah. I mean, when you say no, you don't want any glasses and you don't want a watch and you don't want a CD, uh, some of them don't take no for an answer. And I think really um, restaurants should be a little bit more strict about that um, because you go in to have a meal. You don't go in to be sort of bullied into having a product that you don't you haven't gone in for. I mean, if you want to buy something like that, I would go to a shop um, but I, or, or the market where, the, where you see a lot of them. But I think to, to come into restaurants and bars is not good. It's not good for business, I don't think. We we also, uh, I mean, I find that quite, um, okay, I, I know that people will get fined for carrying out building work outside the permitted summer hours, but it does, um, it, it just goes by what sort of mood sometimes people are in when they call the police and when the police come, you know, sometimes they don't really take any action whatsoever. I mean, we, we know of one particular case where um, people were building, coming onto another person's property. No permission was was granted. The police came along. No action was taken. And it was uh, on a Sunday. So realistically, we do know that it can be very, very hit and miss. OK, well, we better have a look at uh, what's been going on in the UK because for um, Spain, we do always have uh, lots of things. Um, and having said that, there's so much COVID stuff in the news that it's hard to find interesting other things. However, let's find out what's going on in the UK. Okay, so the first one I picked up was in the UK, according to what I was reading. Everyone in Britain should have fluorides added to their water. Uh, these are health officials ruling uh, as they dismissed exaggerated cancer fears. The UK's four chief medical officers say adding the mineral to water would help to combat tooth decay, which costs the NHS millions every year. Ministers are likely to accept the advice, with the Health Secretary Sajid Javid keen to press ahead with the move. The Health and Care Bill, currently going through Parliament, would allow ministers to add fluoride to water across the country. Around 5.8 billion uh, Britons live in areas where fluoride, fluoride is already added to tap water and uh, 300,000 drink supplies naturally fluoride dated? Fluoride, anyway, uh, put in fluoride by uh, rocks in the ground. Professor Chris Whitty and fellow officials who, I mean, many of us are now looking at these people with a little bit more suspect, suspect 
suspicion. Um, forget me English. And um, the, the professor and fellow officials uh, is recommending the scheme and widened to include the rest of the country. Tooth decay is largely preventable and a massive burden on the National Health Service, costing the Health Service uh, 54.6 billion no, sorry, they put million there, for uh, treating children alone in 2019. Adding fluoride to water could prevent two-thirds of hospital admissions for tooth decay. OK, as a mum, um, what do you think about adding fluoride to the water? Well, um, you have fluoride, as you know, in toothpaste, um, but I don't really think it's necessary uh, I mean, our children went on a regular basis every six months to, and I think it's also up to the parents to have a, a regime of cleaning your teeth in the morning and at night before they go to bed. If you put them, if you give them good habits, they should carry on through their um, through their adult life. Um, but you try and get an appointment apparently in England now for a dentist. Uh, without having to pay. There's very, very few National Health Service uh, dentists like when we were um, living in England. Now you have to pay for everything. So it puts people off, I think, who can't afford it. So whereas you would go every six six months to have a checkup for free, you might only go now with your child if they have toothache. I've got a couple isn't of a good thing. I've got a couple of comments which I read um and I, I do find these very interesting what people are saying because the first one um is from uh, the the Republic of Congo whether or not they just write that I don't know but I mean you know that's where they've put they've uh, they are based learn about fluoride and how it came in to be to be in your water the reasons you can figure out like the fact it is not for your health uh, the research science done to support water fluoridation uh, was underwritten by these massive companies Aluminium Company of America Aluminium Company of Canada American Petroleum Institute DuPont Kaiser Aluminium etc uh, etc et there's another four or five companies there the general public that we need to add fluoride to our water supply was one of the most sophisticated cons of all time it created a multi-billion dollar industry and enabled manufacturers to sell this worthless toxic byproduct of aluminium to local municipalities for a profit now that's one very toxic comment uh, the other one is from somebody in the united kingdom there's a reason britain and europe didn't follow suit uh for what the uh states decades did, did decades earlier it's dangerous and to mention countless studies which have shown that fluoride actually makes matters worse how about a much cheaper program to educate the country on teeth health Things that do not contribute to the quality of food or water should not be added at the discretion of the big state. And when they decide something else should be added, which also doesn't improve water quality. Now, that is sensible comment. Um, I think it goes in line with what you fact that, well, they say that, that it's a fact that Adolf Hitler was trying to um, put the uh, fluoride into the water so that people, um, obviously, it would seep into their uh, brains eventually. Uh, I followed that one through, and I didn't find any evidence that to, to be true, actually. 
Um, so, you know, when, for example, I have been ch challenged about the toothpaste I use, um, I thought the very least I can do is go and find out about it. Mm -hmm. Now, um, I always think that if you've got fluoride that's being sold in the shops and is all supposed to be very legal and everything, they should be going through rigorous procedures to get that. But I am a bit concerned by that person telling me uh, about it being a toxic byproduct. I exactly. think that's something that's worrying, isn't it? Well, if they put it into the water system from your tap, you haven't got a choice again. I mean, lots of people wouldn't even know that there is flu uh, extra fluoride in your tap. Uh, and as I, I went back, the, of say what I said before about education, the government and um, you know, sort of people in the um, high up. To education, education about how to look after yourself and how to eat properly. Well, this comes down to cleaning your teeth as well. From a, I mean, we've got five grandchildren, and all all our sons are very, very keen. You must clean your teeth. Show them how to clean their teeth, and it it should be that should be the education that is really needed. I mean, a lot of um, dare I say, but some parents then. Uh, don't seem to have that um, instilled in them at a, at a young age and how important well, I think the, it the, is. I think the big thing is, I mean, obviously you get two sets of teeth. So I think some people seem to not be too worried about the, uh, the, milk. the, the milk teeth. But, but, but that's you, should, you should be because that's when you're, you're teaching your child or your children um, the routine. I mean, children love routine. I mean, that you teach them how to potty train, you teach them to wash their hands, you teach them how to speak. So teaching them how to clean their teeth is another, another um, parent thing that you should, ev every parent should do. It's a matter of course, really. Well, I think also, I, I think that when you look at the way we're educated, I don't think there's enough education about the fact that, you know, if you don't, uh, really clean your teeth especially before you go to bed mm. you've got bits of food that could go in the blood system and there's no I mean really it's just get good oral good. hygiene exactly. having said oral that hygiene, yeah. I can remember going to a dentist's being in the chair and the um, oral um, hygienist was breathing over me and her breath was absolutely foul um might, it might sound funny but it isn't funny and really to be stuck in the chair with somebody who's a professional breathing over you and smelling like that is really not very nice but it does also show you that it works the other way if you've got foul breath then it's not very pleasant for the dentist as well is it no no well yes of course yeah but um as I say, everyone goes on about education about lots of things. Well, just educate your children to clean their teeth at a very early age and do it on a regular morning before they go to school and before they go to bed. And it'll just become a natural thing for them to do when they're older. OK, so we'll move on. <laughs> downtown Benidorm. Okay, so we look at two teenagers in the UK now who led police on a 110 miles an hour car chase after robbing two men with a knife and a fake gun have been spurred prison. 
the two names uh, are, um, that you can probably guess, Samuel Mozimbi and Derek DePaya. Not very English. We'll leave it just quite loosely like that. Um, but we're not locked up because they had unique and complex histories. There's a judge, Sarah Johnson. She admitted her sentence may seem lenient, but said they may have been acting under pressure from others. She gave both of them just two-year uh, youth referral orders and said she was focused on preventing further offences. Now, these two guys were on trial at Manchester Crown Court for robbing two men aged 17 and 21 in Levenshoom uh, in Manchester in 2020. They lured victims into an alleyway under the false pretense of buying a watch before taking a Gucci hat, Hugo Boss watch and a bracelet and then a, uh, a silver VW Golf. The yobs held the two men in the victim's car with a fake gun to the head of the 21-year-old and a knife to the throat of the 17-year-old. The court heard Depar kept hold of the victim's throat and said, I will effing stab you. I don't give a... This is the paper. You're reading in national papers this type of language now. It's almost like, you know, nothing is sacred anymore. The victims called the police and the empty lockdown streets at about 7.30 meant armed police officers out on patrol spotted the car very quickly. Uh, they refused to stop and a dangerous car chase ensued from the city centre towards Manchester. The court was shown footage of their dangerous driving and these speeds topped 110 miles per hour during the trial. Uh, there should be the chase that. The officer's uh, dash camera caught them herm hurtling along the residential road to keep up with the violent thugs. It only ended when the golf crashed on the A6. The officers decided it was safer for them to ram the thugs before arresting them at gunpoint. And um, then uh, My Pointless Views was somebody, this is obviously who reads this sort of thing and probably feels like uh, I do. If they're guilty, then they're both guilty regardless. So being under pressure is now a legitimate mitigating factor, is it? Can our broken lack of justice system possibly fall any lower than this? I hope the Crown Prosecuting Service lodge an appeal and then somebody calling themselves right stuff, sack the judge. To quote Gary Bright, I'm not too sure that is, and people wonder why gun and knife crime is out of control. Absolute disgrace, those sentences. The justice system is not fit for purpose. Sack the judge. I've got to be honest with you. That's how I feel, because quite frankly, for any judge to see those pictures and be told of people being um, robbed with knives at their uh, throats mm -hmm. and then being told there's any legitimate reason why they, they can get away with it, I don't understand that. No. Well, apart from who they were attacking, um, they put the uh, police, uh, police um, people, uh, their lives at risk as well, trying to catch them. Um, I just, w you know, we've heard this over and over again, haven't we, about uh, the judges and what they decide is right and wrong. The police must be absolutely furious. They catch these people legitimately. They've got evidence um, on uh, video, and and then one judge decides, no, that's not good enough. You know, they could have killed somebody when they were driving. Uh, the, the police car could have crashed and they could have been killed or injured. 
It's just unbelievable what the uh, what the judges say now. Well, it, it is. It is. It's astounding to think that somebody, if you and I were to travel anywhere at 110 miles an hour when it's about 30 or 40, uh, we would be. We'd have the books thrown at us mm. because basically we're easy to pin down. We're easy to find. We're easy to to bring to book, etc., etc. It's almost as though these these. Uh, young people are allowed to do anything they like is it because um, there's more to it I mean how can a judge not give a severe sentence to somebody doing what they've done I really really can't understand that um, I'm going to move on because there's a story now which is it comes up every time the students go back to um, university and I have the same discussions very often I have the same uh, points of view for me and against me I have people who say they're only young etc let me tell you what it's all about So the article read, boozy students swarmed onto the streets of Leeds and Birmingham last night to indulge in a night of tipsy fun as Freshers' Week continued. Heavy clubbing proved too much for some young people whose drinking and dancing was followed by vomiting in the street. Some even lay down on pavements before they were helped by police who checked to see if they're well enough to make their own way home. Well, um, am I the only one? No, because I'm reading just one of the comments. Let's face it, 75% are only at university to have a booze up every week and avoid getting a proper job. Hence why this country is full of woke idiots. Okay, um, I have strong views. Maybe you don't have strong views. I don't know. Tell me what you think. Oh, I do have strong, very strong views. I mean... Um you think they go through to do their A levels and get a good um, a good pass so they can go to university, and then they just seem to uh, not all of them. I must admit, not all of them. You can't put them all in the same in the same box. But um, it seems to be very much accepted that they drink. I mean, I would say a friend of ours' daughter never really drank before she went uh, to university and she was sick she was not forced but she was encouraged to drink and drink and uh, she's sort of now more or less a teetotaler because of that but then they expect to get a good re a good um, degree and go into maybe top jobs when really the behavior is um, is un unacceptable Okay, I, t I take a very hard line on this because basically um, in my earlier life I worked from the age of 16. Um, when I got made redundant I always found something that I could go and, you know, try and better myself all the way through. Um, I obviously worked in the nightclub so yes, I did drink a little but I didn't go stupid but there were times when I did drink too much. I know I, know I did but I think when you're 28 and paying paying tax and uh, providing you're not doing this sort of thing all over the show then really um you know i i think you have earned your stripes and if you do get a little bit drunk but don't get disorderly yeah. then i don't think there's a huge problem yeah, now, enjoy enjoy yourself but don't get sort of legless and abusive and uh 
you know, just disgrace, you know, make yourself look look disgraceful, really. For me, if you get somebody who's going to study for three years, to maybe up to even six or seven years, because basically that can be, you know, the study amount that you might need. If it just gets you into bad habits, but I've got to say, if you're traveling, if you're studying to go on to maybe a PhD or a master's or something like that, you're more likely to know when to stop because you've got work to do. The trouble is, a lot of people, as that guy says in his comments, do go to university so that they don't have to go to work. And a lot of parents seem quite happy to go down that route and for me if you get into bad habits for four years and then just get a piece of paper and go waltz off and expect to become the managing director of a firm because you've got good at certain subjects um i'm I, i'm not surprised the country's in a mess no no. Okay, we're going to look at some of the headlines and find out whether we think that some of these uh, headlines are in fact are um, are relevant. Okay, so I'm just looking at the main headlines in today's paper. Um, Asda and Sainsbury's food distributor goes bust, leaving a thousand workers unemployed amid HGV driver chaos with the government urged to bring in the army to drive petrol trucks and retailers warning that shortages could decimate Christmas dinner. Um, you know, a lot of this has become contrived. A lot of this, to me, uh, they knew things were, were going wrong. Oh, we, we were watching Question Time in the UK on BBC last night and one of the questions is about um, what they're trying to do to solve the problem. They're going to make it easier to get a heavy goods driver's licence. No, that is not right. These guys who drive these heavy trucks are very, very, very much driving uh, responsibly and practically always are very professional in what they do over here on the continent we see them all the time um, and basically you know uh, they were saying that apparently one of the things they're going to take out of the qualification is that you have to be able to hitch up a trailer and put it on properly and drive off and reverse and all that sort of thing That's that crazy. must be crazy. the biggest part of the difficulty straight mm. away mm. Um, Prince Andrew finally Concedes proper service of legal papers in Virginia Geoffrey's uh, sexual assault lawsuit um, as he seeks to extend the deadline. Uh, the ex extension would be after October the 29th. I really feel that um, they're out to get him, whether or not you like what uh, obviously the royal family stands for. Uh, there is a, a mood to try and get people from the royal family and I feel very I feel very sorry for the Queen actually because she's been exemplary hasn't she and yeah, exactly. um, the, the family well uh, I would imagine that that is something that she must be absolutely distraught about mm. um, when we look at some of the other um, things obviously I'm trying not to look at the Covid stuff because it's there all day and every day and there was this story of this very very s sad story of Sabina Nessa um, this is a lady, a young school teacher, walking home and she was killed um, just needlessly by the sound of things. Um, 
it's too it's happening too often isn't it especially to women um they're having a big thing about this that so many women have died through violence of just walking and they, this was at half past eight in the evening and she was 12 minutes away from her home which is just uh, it's just um unbelievable really that these things are happening um well while they're letting people do the sort of things that that judge has decided is okay exactly. and let them off um, well, I'm sorry, that's about it. Uh, that's all we've got for you for this week. Uh, looking at the papers here in the Spain and in the UK. Um, I, I tend to try and keep away from the COVID stuff because basically I do not want anybody else to think that I am trying to brainwash you one way or the other. Um, stay safe, stay happy and hope to catch you next week. Thank you, Barbara Ann. Okay, Vince, enjoyed it. Okay, bye-bye. We're gonna fly